I do. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wine, Women, and Words. Uh, we're a little earlier this evening because I'm actually in North Carolina tonight. So uh, Diana was kind enough to inhale her dinner, so I didn't have to stay up until midnight. <laughs> Which I'm sure you appreciate. I do. I really do. But in all honesty, I'm probably going to stay up until midnight anyway because um, I don't know if you ever heard of this series, but there's a series on PBS. Is it PBS? It's like the North Carolina affiliate for PBS. They did a series on Queen Victoria that my mom and I have been binge watching. Yes, I love that young Victoria, right? With yeah. um, yes, I love that. I was so mad because I missed the first episode. Um, I forgot to record it and I couldn't get it. So. Oh, no, sorry. It's not Young Victoria. It's Victoria on Masterpiece. It's with, yeah, yeah, that um, one. Mm -hmm. Oh, that one? Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, the, it's the same one. Yeah, it's the one. Um, the girl who played Clara in Doctor Who. Yes. Was, mm -hmm. Yeah, she's Victoria. Yeah, I um, I forgot to... I have Masterpiece Classics set to record, and I thought it was coming to Masterpiece Classics, and I just assumed that it was recording. And then when I realized it had premiered, I missed the first episode, and I did. It didn't record it because it was Victoria on Masterpiece, and so it didn't register on my DVR to actually record it. And I was so mad because I couldn't get the first episode. Well, it's still all on demand, so I didn't have PBS on demand on my uh, cable. Oh, well, that's lame. I know, I know. That's that's so messed up because they have so many great shows. I love Masterpiece, and uh, oh, they do a reality television show where uh, it's a British show where they're actually putting people in Victorian slums. Oh, really? Yeah, and they have to try to live like they're in the Victorian slum. It is, I saw the first episode um, last week and I missed this week's. But yeah, that's so, it's so fun because they're like having to actually live like they're Victorian. I would not survive. I would get voted off the island on like the first episode. <laughs> I don't know you get voted off the island. If you can't survive, that's how you get kicked out. Oh dear. Yeah, yeah. I I decided after watching this like that. If you're going to be Queen of England, that was the perfect time to do it mm -hmm. because you're not in like the 1500s where you have to like go pee in a hole somewhere. You like you have. They at least I mean they had outhouses. So you mean. It was more, more survivable, and you had awesome fashions. The fashion in the show was amazing. <laughs> not that, well, not the that. The writer I'm of the show actually wrote a book. Mm -hmm. I we're on the very last episode. We thought we didn't. We thought my mom didn't record it, but we found it on in demand. Thank God. So, what are you drinking tonight? Tonight, I'm drinking a Pinot Grigio um, by Mark West. It's a, um, a wine that my mom drinks that she recommended to me. And I had one of their reds uh, before, the Pinot Noir. That was really good. And this one is delicious. I almost got a Pinot Grigio tonight, too. But when I stopped, because that was my, I had to do two stops today. But I did one on my lunch break and then the other one on my way home because uh, you can't leave wine sitting out in your car or like halfway through work. At least I can without the temptation of drinking it. Um, but I stopped at uh, Total Wine and more and I found the Dark Horse Limited Release Rosé. 
Oh, I want to That's find that. Nice. <laughs> it's good. It's tasty. It's not too sweet. Um, it's really light. Um, it's got kind of that a crisp Christmas to it that you find in like some of the Chardonnays. Oh, I really want to go find that now. It's, I didn't even know that Dark Horse made a rosé. Like I said, it's limited release. They just came out with it recently. Well, that's so I'm going to have to go look for it because um, I think Dark Horse might be one of my new favorite wines. I think it's definitely one of my new favorite wines, too. And, I mean, it's the unofficial official wine of Bad Horse. <laughs> I mean, the, the tie-in to Bad Horse, I mean, it's just too good to... It's one of our favorite wines. It's, it's, it's on the recommendation wine list. Well, when we come out with our, you know, with our, our calendar, we're, we're going to have... Our, our recommendation wines and Dark Horse will definitely be on it for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. So we are reading. I don't have my copy. It's in my room. I or, have mine. Okay. This lovely cover. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. So we're reading The Undesirables this month by Chad Thuman, um, mm -hmm. who will be on with us next week. I can't believe. No, next week? Two weeks. Two weeks. Oh my God, May is not over. I'm sitting here going, oh my God, I have to read the rest of this book in a week. You got I, more time. You're okay. You're cool. <laughs> I completely lost track of like what day it is, what date. It, I need school to start back. I started on my master's degree in like three months and then I will have sanity back in my life. Yay. I know. So how far are you in the book? Because so, I've already... I'm not that far, to be honest, which is why I was freaking out. Okay. Um, uh, Peter, I think I'm like a couple pages away from meeting Duck. Ah, uh, okay. Because I, I saw the name Duck, and then I saw the word dog, so I know that Duck is a dog. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember you talking about the dog. Yes, I was very obsessed with this dog to the point where I was messaging Chad going, this dog, the, nothing bad better happen to this dog. I am attached to Duck. It is my favorite character in this whole damn book. You better take care of Duck. And he, it was before the festival, and he, we haven't hadn't really fully met yet. And he was like, um, I don't know what to say, but yeah. <laughs> okay, stranger who is reading my book. <laughs> and is getting really paranoid about one of my characters. Um, but uh, so Karen is with, uh, she's in the potato field with mm -hmm. Ina and her, her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. um, Bobby is kind of annoying me. Um, he's annoying you? He's very sweet and, you know, he's oh, 17 or 18. Mm -hmm. So, and he's in love and it's, it's very romantic. But... Uh, there's a huge gap in logic in thinking that just by joining the army, you will be able to find one person in Leningrad. Leningrad? Rod? Yeah, Leningrad. Which, I mean, come on, it's totally plausible, right? I, I mean, say it sarcastically. I totally say it sarcastically. It's very sweet, but he's. Uh, just, mm. So I'm then, you know you figure him Peter's not that much older than them. I'm sorry, my dog has decided to be a spoiled brat. 
Peter and um, and Bobby aren't that much different in age, but you see a definite difference in maturity between the two characters. Well, yeah, and then and Peter, he just got reassigned to um, the new unit because they think that he is the destroyer of tanks. <laughs> um, so I, I've. When you te Diana texted me earlier this week and asked me, you know, where I was, and and I said I'm definitely Team Peter because Bobby is a little irritating. Like I feel like if I went out with Bobby, he would be really sweet for like the mm -hmm. first. We would maybe last like six months ish. Like the romantic in him would keep him going for a while, but then it would get annoying. You thought six months with him? I think I'd last maybe a month, if that. If we got past the first date, because I feel like I'm the kind of girl that would be really intimidating to Bobby. Mm. I, and, and, and the kind of girl that Peter would find very entertaining. I'd be able to keep him on his toes. Or at least annoy, annoy him to the point where he would feel um, entertained long enough to stick around. No, I, I would I would probably give him like six months, but then, then he, he would be like too clingy and too, like, no. Be a man. <laughs> well, I think that's one of the things, especially in this uh, early part of the book, is that he's, yeah, he's still very much a high school college kid, just uh, this idealistic college kid. Does he man up a little bit as the book goes on? Yes. Okay. But I'm still Team Peter through the book. This could be the first time that you and I are rooting for the same guy. It's kind of I know this is strange. I'm not sure how to deal with this. Well, we'll see what happens with Bobby. I might switch teams. But <laughs> I um, mean, the two of us on the same page and it comes to a, liking a character. Um yeah, I mean, it's like the world pigs might start flying. Well, we liked the, the same character before. We liked, uh, what is his name? Stanton from... Uh, oh, yes. Yes, from um, Native yeah, Star. Yeah, that one. Yeah. I adored Stanton. I adored and, the first two books in that series. Yeah, the, the third one. But anyway. Mm -hmm. So there is precedence for us liking the same same character. That is true. So, shall we start our journey? So, Diana had the brilliant, it's it's a very fun idea, but Diana had the brilliant idea today that we would do a journey around the world in 80 books. Mm -hmm. And my response was, is it really going to be 80 books? Because I don't think we can do that in an hour. Which I love the fact that she was like, 80 books? We're not going to be able to do that in an hour as opposed to 80 books? I can't, I can't name that many books. I stuck to books that I've read. I don't know about you. Did you do that too? I did. I was even, I was talking to my mom while we were watching Victoria, and I was like, okay, I need England. And I know that this book was set in England, but I didn't finish it, so I can't use that one. <laughs> so I, I did books that I finished. I did two books on here that I'm currently reading, and then those totally count because I feel like I'm there while I'm reading them. So those count if you're currently reading them. And I did discover that I am ridiculously weak in the Asian continent. Ooh, I've got a good recommendation for you on that. I know you do. Um, We're going to have the author on later on in the year. 
I know. I'm excited about those books. They, the book that we're doing sounds really good. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, and if it's anything like uh, the one that I'm currently reading, it's going to be a real freaking tearjerker. Oh, man. Awesome. So what, what was your route around the world? Um, I start off in China, specifically Shanghai, and then I go to the South Pacific, and then I hop over to Russia, and then I go on an African safari. <laughs> a lot of books on here, by the way. I, I, I have a real major wanderlust problem. So I'm on African safari, then I go to Tunisia, and then from Tunisia, I go to Italy, then Prague, then the French countryside, then Paris, because, you know, got to do that trip. And then I go to England, and then Scotland, and then I fly across the pond to New York City, and then I go to Georgia, and then I go to specifically Savannah, and then I go to Florida and Cuba, all in one book, then New Orleans, the Pacific Northwest, and then I finish off back in California. Because, you know, that's not a long trip at all. No, not at all. So I started in California, and a lot of these books go to a bunch of different places, so mm -hmm. I just kind of picked where the majority of it was, <clears throat> or the, the most important parts, I guess I should say. I start in California. I stop off in Kansas as I'm heading east. Mm -hmm. I go to Georgia. No. Well, okay, yes, actually, Georgia and Atlanta, and then I guess you could count New York in this one also. Then New York, then I go to Scotland. I hang out in Scotland for two books. Ooh. Uh, England. I think you know one of the books. <laughs> I, I know you do. <laughs> it's probably um, one of mine. Actually, you know both books. Um, oh. England, French countryside, and Paris. Then Italy, and I could only think of one book in Italy, and I know that there are others. See, um, actually, there were two. One that I didn't like, and then one that I really love that I've talked about on here before, and I've talked in the blog. So um, I need to pick up some more books set in Italy. Oh, that's what I said about Asia. Um, then Tunisia, and I know that's the same book that you have. Um, <laughs> I wonder what book it is. Uh, Russia, Jerusalem, the Himalayas, Australia, and then back to California. I want to know what your Australia one is because I only have one that's set in Australia, and it's like partially set in Australia and partially set in England. And I almost chose it, but I was like, nah, it doesn't quite work for my uh, trip, so I didn't do that. So I'm interested to see what you had. So, like of our journey. Sure, you go. Okay. All right, so for the first part of my journey, as I said, I go to China, and specifically I go to Shanghai because of the Shanghai girls. And as you've seen on um, Wine, Women, and Words, and as Michelle has said, I'm currently reading it, and holy crap, is it a tearjerker. Like, it's so... Everybody, it's by Lisa C., and everybody raves about her books, and I've been trying I, like they've been on my to be read list for ages and finally i picked it up and um and now i see what all the fuss is about i love the story breakdown and this is about two girls who live in shanghai before world war ii and at that time they called shanghai i don't know if they still do but at the time they called it the paris of the east and they're living it up they're basically party girls and models and then 
and they find out their father wasted all their money and they're broke and they're sold off to these um, two Chinese um, Chinese boys who are from America and are actually living in America. I'm not sure exactly how it's hard to get into the details of how it works, but basically they end up going through hell, getting to America and then dealing with being Chinese Americans in Los Angeles. And it's great because it's set in downtown LA over by the, where the Chinatown is and Alvera street. So when she starts talking about Chinatown in LA and I'm like, I know where that street is. I was just there a couple weeks ago. Um, so it's, it's really interesting to see the history of China and these stories that the, these sisters tell. And it's primarily told from the eldest sister Pearl's perspective. And then also to see a history of Los Angeles too. Um, cause they get into this history of Los Angeles and what it was like to be Chinese, uh, post-World War II and, um, after World War II. So I absolutely love the book. And there's been a, like, or was it yesterday? I was just so shell shocked after reading it during my lunch break. That was just like, it was, it was so bad that, okay. You know, as you guys know, I work in estate planning. I get done reading the book and I'm like, there's a part and I'm just heartbroken, crushed over what happened. And cause I don't want to give anything away. But then first call, first call after lunch is a client's daughter whose father is dying any day now. And she needs paperwork faxed to her. And she's talking to me and she starts breaking up because you know, it's her dad dying. And I'm like, gotta hold it together. <laughs> 